Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick, and I'm so glad that you found my podcast today. Whether you are a new listener or someone who has heard every episode, my hope is that as you listen and hear from my guests, you are encouraged and helped in your own fight for joy. I don't think there's anyone who would argue that this world is not broken. There are so many hard things to deal with in this life, both big and small. But I started this podcast to remind us all that there is hope to be found, and we need to help one another fight for joy. Through our stories, we can point each other to the comfort, help, and peace of Christ and encourage one another to keep pressing forward in hope. And my guest today does exactly that. I'm so excited to introduce you to a new friend of mine, Jen Stutzman. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know about her ministry, Heart of the Bison, because I find so much encouragement from the wisdom and insight that she shares online, and I often share it with my followers. But if you're not on Instagram or you haven't learned about Heart of the Bison, I'm glad you're here to listen in on our conversation. Jen shares about her personal fight for joy with openness and tears, and I know that the practical tools that she implements in her own life are tools that many of you can use as well. So again, thank you for listening, and here is my special conversation with Jen. Hey, Jen. Hi. Hi. It's so awesome to get to record with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so honored. I'm like on the verge of tears, so honored to be on here with you. Well, I'm just really, really thankful to have this conversation. Um, You and I met via Instagram, which is kind of fun. Um, We met through a mutual friend who was actually a podcast guest for both of us, our sweet friend, Laura Rui. Um, But she connected us earlier this year. And although you and I have yet to meet in person, um, just getting to know you has been such a big encouragement to me to to my faith, to my grief journey um, in parenting and marriage um, and, of course, in my fight for joy. So I just feel like I learn a lot from you and I soak in every post and every story that you share. So I was just really excited to have this conversation and grateful for your time today. Oh, you too. And I don't think I ever shared this with you, but my hairdresser named Megan Eamon oh, yeah. um, sat by you on an airplane and she was doing my hair and was just telling me how much of an impact you had on her. And I was like, mm. and but she didn't say your name at first. Mm. She was just telling me I met this woman and, and then she said who you were. And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. So I don't think I ever told you that before. No, so that you didn't. No, yeah, I mean, I, connection. yeah, I knew you guys were connected um, out yeah. there, but um, yeah, I, I didn't know that. It, it was convicting for me, actually. You know, it's one of those reminders that you just never know what kind of an impact a small little conversation is going to oh, have, yeah. especially on an airplane. You know, you're just, yeah. you're never mm-hmm. really know um, where that will lead. But um, that's encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, um, let's just start by having you tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Jen Stetson. I live in Nebraska now. I've lived all over. um, But in the last four years, I've been more um, back close to home where I grew up and living in the country. We've been married 18 years. My husband is Jake and we've got five children three adopted, two by birth. And we <laughs> have just been, mm-hmm. you know, on a journey with the Lord to know more of him, to be pushed more to his heart and um, 
like you said, fight for joy. It's been a real fight, yeah, <laughs> a real fight yeah. for joy. But yeah, that's just that's where we're at now, and our days are just surrounded with being outdoors, animals. We've chosen to live in the country um, to teach our kids some hard work, but also just for the therapy of being outside, being with animals. And um, we're so grateful to be back in Nebraska. Hmm. Do you have just horses or what other animals do you have? We have dogs, cats, chickens, horses. All the farm animals. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Good. Well, let's jump right in. I mean, as you know, this podcast is centered around the theme of fighting for joy. Um, And I intentionally chose that word fight because, you know, the brokenness of this world and the difficult stuff that we all face, I mean, it can make, um, you know, quote unquote, choosing joy or seeking joy a struggle. And yeah the word fight just more deeply resonated with me. So I would just love to hear you, you touched on it already, but um, you know, where, where the fight for joy has most prominently shown up in your life, especially as you think about these past few years, is there one particular area or a couple of main areas in your life where you can tend to lack joy or get more discouraged? Yeah, joy or not joy, Jody, the, my journey to adulthood has been hard. Because um, I was just very much focused on friends and having fun as a child. And so the ideas of adulthood and being married and having kids, and I always wanted to adopt things like this, um, the idea of them were very joyful mm-hmm. at, the, at the moment. But when I actually got to adulthood, it was very hard. Mm. Um and so some of the things I struggle with recently have been the things I've been struggling with since I was 20, 21. But I wrote down the things I think that have mostly have been the biggest fight for me was loneliness, hmm. um, adoption, uh, marriage, parenting, and now especially parenting teenagers and then my own um, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Hmm. Um and so those those are those are a lot of areas. Yeah. But yeah. that's where I saw joy completely slip away mm-hmm. and realize the truth was, and this was a hard truth for me to wrap my mind around, was that my joy was not in God. Hmm. It was not in him or in his word or in, I had very little comfort from him. And so when certain things were removed from me or things were hard, the joy just left. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very shocking to me in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Jen, this is the stuff <laughs> that can yeah. definitely steal our joy and discourage our soul. I mean, the things that you mentioned are th- that's the stuff. And so and you're right about how it changes over the years. I think, you know, if if you um, think back on in your 20s or in your 30s or in your 40s, you know, it's just yeah, it changes over the years and yeah. um, different seasons, different seasons of marriage, of parenting, of relationships, of ministry, um, and then physically too, like you mentioned, yeah. our body's changing. And so, yes, the, this these are the things. So, well, it's clear that you work hard to fight for joy in the midst of it, which is why I wanted to have you on. So um, let's just take a little time to share how you have fought for joy through some of these things. What are what are some practical things that you have found to help um, when you are lacking joy? Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I was shocked when I didn't have joy. And even when I struggled with depression, I didn't think in my younger years when people would talk about fear or depression, I couldn't relate. Hmm. 
-hmm. I didn't know what those were. Um, So when I did face them and when I realized some truths about me and what I believed about God or didn't know about God yet, I, it was like, I was faced with this. I think we all kind of get faced with these moments where it's like, you will either press in Mm -hmm. to God Mm -hmm. And you will make choices to walk towards him, like you said to mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. take steps towards God or you won't. And mm-hmm. um, I knew in those moments, there's been several moments. And I even have what I call a, a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. which was probably six years ago where I was leaning so heavily on my own strength and mm-hmm. I just lost it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Um and that was like this bottom place where it was like, you don't know the love of God hmm. Hmm. and your joy is not there because you have asked all these things to, to supply you joy. You've asked Jake to um, do something he can't. You've asked, you know, the, the journey of adoption and parenting to do something it can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at that point I had lost my physical health and mental health, um, and was very spiritually dry. So in that moment, I realized I couldn't just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be just one thing, Mm -hmm. one tool. Mm -hmm. I was going to need to, um, work on my physical health, my spiritual health, mental health and emotional health as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to overwhelm myself, but I knew that everything I had tried and asked in life to bring me contentment and to bring me joy had failed. Mm -hmm. And so I was asking the wrong things. (laughs) And you know, I I knew that before. And if you would have asked me as a new believer, I would have told, told you all the right answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have said all the right things. Um, I talk about this, this place that I thought I'm talking about like six years ago. And it was even more like 10 years ago, it began But there was, as I was so self-sufficient, but as it was failing me so miserably, you know, I could see two trees and one tree said Jesus on it. And it said peace Hmm. and it said love and contentment and all the things I wanted in life. And the other tree said self-sufficiency. And it was such a gnarly tree, you know, with huge thorns. And it said, you know, pride and depression and loneliness and fear. And for some reason in life, I ran to that tree, Mm -hmm. the bad tree, Mm -hmm. and kind of impaled myself on it. I was stuck there. Yet I could look over at this other tree full of light with all the words that I wanted. And I wanted to get there, but I didn't know how. Mm. And I didn't know how I ended up over here hmm. and because we had adopted and were took on three older kids at one time all of their emotional um pain i had taken on and it had triggered everything deep inside of me mm-hmm. <laughs> i always say the adoption was like a vice grip on a toothpaste tube and it just <laughs> squeezed out every oh, bit of me I that imagine. i that had been hiding yeah so yeah. the fear and the anger and the anxiety and depression that was all kind of laying dormant like these wounds it just pressed them all out hmm. and here it was i was faced with it and looking over at the other tree but the biggest realization for me was I didn't know the love of God Hmm. and I knew him as Lord, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. of my life, but I did not know him as a loving father. Mm-hmm. So that realization was very hard for me because yeah. I would have told you years before that I did know him as a loving father. But once I was faced with hard things in life, um, I received no comfort from him and I did not know how to sit with him in my pain. Mm-hmm. And it just started this simple journey of me simply asking God, do you love me? Hmm. And that was my first step towards fighting for joy. Do you love me, God? And I would just ask him throughout the day, I would stop in my sadness and the rejection of my kids and um, depression and fear because I was at this time having panic attacks and anxiety. God, do you love me? Hmm. And just sit there. It was very uncomfortable for me to ask. Um, And one of my friends really encouraged me to do it. So that was that first step, knowing that, um, I needed to know him as a loving father because if I knew his love, I could trust him. Hmm. And if I could trust him, that fear was going to dissipate. And if I knew his love, joy was going to start to return because it didn't matter what God was going to ask me to do or what situation I was in or what suffering I was going to be asked to go through. Mm -hmm. Because if I knew his love, Mm -hmm. I was going to be okay. So that was the first step. And the other tools that have really helped is counseling. I love counseling. I can I feel like I'll be in counseling the rest of my life whenever I need it. Um, We've done a ton of marriage counseling. Um, Some of the best advice we got um, in the early years of our marriage was if you have an issue in your marriage that you can't like forgive each other and work through within a couple weeks, get counseling because you don't want it to turn to bitterness. That was great advice. Did we take it? (laughs) Not so much. And we did have a lot of things turned to bitterness, but we have had a lot of counseling there. And I've had a lot of personal counseling, which has been incredible for me. So that on the mental side and emotional side and spiritual side really has touched all those um, things. And then for physical health, I is very important for me to exercise And because I was under so much stress, it was hard for me to go to a super strict diet because a lot of people and even my natural doctors I was meeting with because I ended up with an autoimmune disease Hmm. asked me to do these really strict diets, which I tried, but it ended up being more stressful than beneficial. So I did add just a bunch of good supplements to my body, Mm -hmm. tried to add stuff instead of just taking everything away add good stuff in and exercise. And so I just was kind of, and they were small steps sometimes. Sometimes the only exercising I could do was a one mile walk Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. outside. Like it was what I could do at the time, depending on where I was at. But that, those were the tools that helped me start to just, and I still use today, even though I'm much healthier than I was 10 years ago, six years ago. um, I still use those tools to fight for joy and, being outside, being with the horses, stopping, Mm -hmm. seeing God, slowing down, all those things were not natural for me Mm -hmm. to stop and experience God throughout my every moment of the day. Even just asking God with the kids, you know, what do you want me to do, God? Mm -hmm. What do you want me to say? How do you want me to feel right now as I'm responding, especially to my kids that are in a lot of pain, a lot of rejection towards me. Just that relationship with God and knowing how much he loves me was ushering me into a whole new place of contentment, which was going to bring a lot of joy. And then we turned our light, got off personal social media and went to heart of the bison, which has been a huge fight for joy for me because naturally I'm someone who avoids pain, avoids (laughs) suffering Mm -hmm. and tries to just, and heart of the bison, our goal there is to 
face your storm like the bison do and meet God right in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go back on some of the, the tools that you yes. mentioned, but while you're on podcasting, um, share just a little bit about um, how that even got started and how you came up with the bison as um, mm-hmm. your theme and just what, what, what it is about the bison that, um, that you wanted to showcase in the podcast. Okay. Yeah, this was just my husband brought the story home to me seven years ago, maybe, and just said, did you know that bison naturally face storms? And he talked about how other animals will run from the storm. Like, let's say a blizzard is coming in, um, a cow will run from it, and the bison will instinctively turn and go right into it. And so, although initially it's very hard, like they've turned and gone into it, but they're going to be through the storm a lot faster than the animals that are running from the storm and end up staying in the storm. So as Jake is telling me this, I'm just filling with tears and saying, oh my gosh, God, I want to be the bison. Mm-hmm. I'm not the bison. I'm the cow in, <laughs> in my, and more than just like a physical storm, but like my emotional storm um, and even just running from God. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it look like, God, to stop and, and face what's going on in my heart and what I believe about yeah. you? Yeah. And so that was the first thing. And I had Jake design me a tattoo of a bison. And that, and it just kind of became our family motto of encouraging the kids and us to face our storm today. What is it? Let's face it. Let's meet God right there. God is with, and so we started just saying that to each other. And then um, I told Jake I was going to get off Facebook and Instagram. And he said, well, what if you just turned your Instagram into Heart of the Bison? Hmm. What if it became um, a place where you were encouraging others, but also yourself Mm -hmm. to meet God Mm -hmm. every day in the struggle? Because there isn't a single one of us that isn't struggling with something. And the longer we live, the more we're going to face. And I really was not good at grieving. I was not, and I'm still not. But it was just like a first step towards saying, God, I surrender to this, mm. to the storms of life, to mm. this fallen world. And I want to meet you right here. And I want to learn to grieve well. Yeah, I want to learn to suffer well with you. It's not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. No. But no. so that was, wow. that was the heart behind that. And we were really struggling as a family and, mm-hmm. and still struggle. So we needed to really change our perspective of what does it not just like how do I get out of the struggle because that's how I always saw it mm-hmm. how do I get out of this yeah, how do right. I get away from this pain yeah but to face it yeah but to face it yeah well I'm glad you didn't get off Instagram Jen. <laughs> and I'm glad that you are using <laughs> that you. I mean that's a tool in and of itself is Instagram and social media I mean people need yeah. to think outside of the box a little bit to realize that these can be tools to encourage other people but also to help us fight for joy when they're used yeah. in the right way. And I just want to encourage you. That is a beautiful, beautiful picture that the picture of the bison and you are the bison now, Jen. I mean, mm. and seeing you run towards your storm um, is beautiful. And that's what I'm learning from you. And you're putting words um, to what so many of us are trying to do. And it is to run towards God and to run towards that tree that you mentioned where life mm-hmm. is and where true hope and beauty and comfort yeah. and love is. And so that's what we in this broken world as believers are striving to do. And yet we need sometimes um, other sisters to come alongside and say, mm-hmm this is what it looks like. This is how I'm imperfectly and messily doing it, but I'm doing it. And, um, you know, it's daunting, you know, when you kind of mentioned how your whole life basically needed to be 
um, transformed in all of these different areas. It, it is a picture of how we are whole beings and how we are body and mind and spirit and soul, you yeah. know, so we have all of these different areas that we do need to make sure we are, um, we're pressing into the right things um, to take care of each of those areas. And even like you said, with the physical um, health and learning for me, le- learning what self-care is over the years too. Um, I appreciate what you said that some days you can just walk a mile. I think we kind of have this picture in our culture today that self-care means just really beating up your body and getting it to look a certain way instead of yeah. focusing on how it should feel and mm-hmm. taking care of um, of this gift that we have that helps us function and get through yes. through the days. And so... I appreciate that. Obviously appreciate counseling too. And um, I had our counselor on the podcast this past week. And that is one of the things that she said, what you just mentioned that um, you were, you and Jake were told too, which is, you know, try to seek counseling when you're just a little bit stuck. Don't wait until you're a lot stuck. (laughs) Because as counselors, (laughs) they have so much more to work with. And it's so much um, I don't know if it's easier, but it's just it's better to um, to start addressing the problems early on before hearts get hard and bitterness yes. um, takes root. And these problems that were just a few months uh, in now are years in. And so right. that was one of the biggest encouragements she said, too. And you're right. It's hard to, to do that. It's hard to actually get in. But um, it's just a good reminder that when people are just beginning to struggle, that is not too soon to go and to seek help. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so the big thing that you needed to learn, the overarching thing that I heard you say was just, you needed to learn the love of Christ. You need to discover God's love and, um, and you had to come to a breaking point, um, in order Mm -hmm. to realize that your joy wasn't in him. You weren't seeking joy in him. Mm -hmm. You were trying to put it in other people and sounds like you were crushing them with your expectations and your, um, the, what you wanted them to provide for you. And, um, and so that is, that's a huge lesson that is hard to learn and it's devastating and life-changing and crushing. Um, but to, to, face your storm, Jen, and to come back and to say, God, do you love me? Show me how you love me. I want to run to the tree of life. Um, That is a beautiful picture of really what salvation and the sanctification process looks like, right? Like Uh even you having that desire of like, I don't want to be where I am. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there is more. I know there is a greater hope. I know there is a deeper joy. Um, and just crying out to the Lord in these raw, simple questions of, do you love me? I mean, that's just yeah. precious. That's precious. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah, there's this other picture that the Lord gave me because one of my dear friends said, Jen, I think you have an orphan spirit to God. Hmm. And I was like, I don't think so. What do you mean no, by that? No, that, that couldn't be. And here's the best way for me to explain that. So I have two daughters, one by birth, one adopted, and my oldest is adopted, and we adopted her at eight, and um, she still struggles to really accept us as her parents, but when I invite them, let's say I would invite both girls into my room, let's have a girls' night, come in my room, um, Maria will, my daughter by birth, will run in and jump on my bed, hmm. and my daughter, Addie, who's adopted, will come and stand outside the door, hmm. and I'll say, come in, babe. And she'll come in and sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, sit on the bed. Mm -hmm. And she'll say, I'm fine down here. Yeah. 
and it's so uncomfortable for her to be near me and to accept that love um, because it's foreign to her and so I continue to encourage her just stay in it till it gets comfortable it'll get comfortable I know it's hard Um, and that's kind of how I always was approaching God Hmm. I wanted to be near him Hmm. but I was very uncomfortable with that intimacy with him Mm-hmm. and sitting in his love so I would come near and stand outside you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he would invite me in and and I might step in but I'm gonna sit on the floor you know mm-hmm. it's um just this I'm not worthy mm-hmm. um and I'm not the truth is I'm not and I don't deserve it but he is offering that to me and so getting past that and saying okay god I'm gonna sit this is uncomfortable for me to ask you if you love me mm-hmm. it's actually uncomfortable for me to accept the truth that you do love me and you care for me and you think of me. I remember being out for walks or runs and I would just think on the truth. He thinks of me and I would just start bawling. That was Mm. too much for me to, to take, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be that, Mm -hmm. to be that intimate with him. I would rather just be a number, you know, like one of the Christians, you know, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. someone at a Mm -hmm. concert. I'm just one of the numbers, but to think that he thinks of me, personally was so hard for me Hmm. to accept Mm -hmm. and so that is like I'm I'm not an orphan Mm -hmm. I am adopted by him I am his child Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that journey of working through why did I feel that way towards God and I think a lot of people do carry that orphan spirit so too um, with the Lord but it's very hard to work through Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable and and through counseling that was very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and what a precious gift that now you have a daughter, you can help walk through yes. that too, um, because you mm-hmm. get it. You're not, um, you're, you know, you, as hard as it is to watch, um, you understand and have felt that too. And I think that, um, I'm sure it still presents a lot of hurt and challenges, but you're able to, to let her sit in the uncomfortableness and to um, maybe have a patience that somebody who hasn't experienced that orphan spirit towards God um, wouldn't be able to. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, man, what a gift that we have a personal God and, um, and he, um, he will let us sit in that uncomfortableness with himself as well. And will continue to draw us in. Um, what did that look like for you practically as you tried to fight that orphan spirit then as you tried to fight yeah. the standoffishness and just, um, you know, feeling him pulling you in kind of like you calling your daughter yeah. in um, to your room, feeling him, you know, draw, draw you in, pull at your heart, um, share these truths that even on a run of just I'm thinking of you, I love you, I see you, you know, what practically did you do to fight that? I mean, was it? just being in the word and understanding what he says more? Was it being with other people who could encourage you in that? Or just what are a couple yeah. practical things you did? Um, I think it was just a shift in perspective too. So when I would start to feel rejection is very hard for me. It still is. And when you're parenting children that reject you, um, I would plummet pretty deeply um, into sadness and it would kind of affect me very heavily, not just a little bit. So I started to learn to just stop, not go there, not just like, you know, dive bomb down, like stop and say, God, Mm -hmm. how do you see me? Mm -hmm. 
and letting that identify who I am. Um, so, cause normally I would just kind of go there, be super depressed. The whole family would have to deal with that with me, um, a mom that doesn't have joy, mm-hmm. but stopping and saying, God, what is it about you? You want me to know, but also what is it in me? Mm-hmm. Um, not just blaming some circumstances or something someone said to me for the reason I'm feeling this way or the way they treated me, but, but let's deal with this God. Like, mm-hmm. what is it in me? Mm-hmm. What am I not believing? And what do you want to show me about yourself? Just stopping. And, and the second thing is staying there longer than I want to. Mm-hmm. So my friend Sarah, just, she, in her book, um, in her recent book, she writes that just staying longer than you want to. And that has stuck with me so much. So normally when I might read a verse and be like, okay, let's move on. No, staying there, Mm -hmm. staying longer than I'm comfortable staying. Mm -hmm. And that has very much ushered me into a much deeper intimacy with God throughout the day. And just taking that, that those times, there is time to stop. Mm-hmm. There is the what whatever it is, even if you're driving, cooking, cleaning, um, doing chores outside, being in that conversation with God, taking one verse and just staying there with God, letting it come into your mind, into mm-hmm. your heart, hearing from Him. Because I'm, I'm pretty like a sporadic person, just here or there, probably have a little bit of ADD. Uh, that practice has been hard for me mm-hmm. to take, but it has completely transformed me and slowed me down in my mind, mm-hmm. which is good, which needs to happen. So I can really hear from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about health quickly, because um, okay. that really resonates with me too. I think that um, that's definitely been a journey I've been on the last um, 10 years or so as well is just learning how, um, you know, how we feel physically, how we sleep, how we eat, yeah. um, you know, just these different areas surrounding our physical bodies um, can really um, play into our <laughs> joy or lack of joy. Um, yeah. So give give me a glimpse just into what this looks like practically for you. Um, I mean, say it's like a Monday morning, the fight for joy is mm-hmm. real. How do you implement, you know, some health practices or taking care of your physical body? Well, I'm anti-diet. <laughs> so um, I don't, um, one of the things I've learned recently is I just take shame out of food. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with parents that st- my parents are both 65. They still work out. Um, I grew up, I didn't realize that other people's parents didn't make them go on four mile bike rides and runs and walks <laughs> growing up. Like that has always been part of my life. Mm-hmm. Physical fitness has, so it is not a chore for me and it's not an option for me. So six, six days a week, five days a week, I am doing something active where I'm sweating and pushing myself and it's all kinds of different things. So that is just in my schedule, whether it is, and now more I've realized I have to get up at five and do it early because once my day starts getting going with the kids, it's hard for me to fit it in. Sometimes it is later, but normally it's in the morning and I, um, really meet the Lord Mm -hmm. in that. Mm Um, whether I am running, doing an exercise class, do CrossFit, um, whatever it is, it's, it's this, it's like a beautiful start for me to do something physically and mentally hard mm-hmm. that really connects me with the Lord um, in a way not very many other things do. It also brings me a lot of clarity of mind. So that is just part of my life. It is not optional. 
Mm-hmm. And even when I've been really sick physically or overweight, because um, when I was pregnant, I gained a lot of weight. I was not um, one of those cute pregnant um, people. I was very overweight after having kids and I still was physically active. Now, was I doing as much as I could do now? No, but I still was walking and moving. And that's just always been really important. I'm very thankful because my parents instilled that in me. That's not something I've done on my own. It's, I'm very thankful to them, but Mm -hmm. that is a way that Mm -hmm. I really fight for joy. And it's, and sometimes my husband will get off work and say, have you worked out today? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no. And he'll be like, you need to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he could just see it in me that it releases some of my energy, but it's, it's a very joyful thing for me to do. Yes. And I feel a lot of joy afterwards. I love that. I love that. Well, let's keep thinking about that because I'd love to help people connect the dots on kind of the how Um, And so when these things are incorporated into your life, you know, when you are taking care of yourself physically, when you are, you know, purposefully seeking to experience God's love more deeply, when you are staying up with counseling if needed, and even with podcasting. So when these things are incorporated into your life, how do they help fight for joy? I mean, how is joy restored through, I don't know if you want to say podcasting, or how is joy restored through um, through God's love. What, let's connect the dots a little bit on the how. Yeah, that's good. And that's a good question. And even just hearing you say that list and the things we've talked about, I guarantee there's people listening and saying, I don't have time for that. Right. Um, I don't have time to add those things in, but it's kind of like when you say yes to something, you're going to say no to something else. So the things I'm saying yes to, I'm saying no, possibly to more sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm saying no to TV. I'm saying no to screen time, um, no to maybe other things, but all the things you mentioned are helping me take a step towards God. Mm -hmm. And in that, there is no escaping contentment and joy. So it's, I do have to say no to other things to, Mm -hmm. to fit those things in my life. And even listening to podcasts when I'm out running or walking or in the car, I'm saying no to possibly fun music. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I can't listen to music cause I do. I love to listen to music, but I will say no to other things to listen to things that are going to point me towards Christ. And, um, and that's something we all can say no to something of the world because what the things do that you mentioned is it quiets the world, mm-hmm. which clears our mind definitely. And, helps us see and hear from God. Sometimes we're so full on the world. We're not even hungry for God. Yeah. We don't even care. We're not touched by the cross. Mm -hmm. We're not touched by his word because we're so full on the world. And when I start to feel that, I felt that so many times in my life where I'm untouched Mm -hmm. by thinking of the cross of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric shared that. that, Yeah. Do you remember on that very first episode that we shared that when we were telling our story, Eric shared a similar story of just, you know, filling yourself with all of these sweet treats and then it's time for the big steak dinner and you're not hungry. And it's like, that is, that's the nourishment Mm -hmm. you need. That's the the good food. And yet, you know, your stomach has been already filled with all of these other lesser fillers (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you miss out on the satisfaction and and the substance and the joy of the big steak dinner and so it's yes exactly what you're saying it's it's kind of saying the better yes right like I've heard people say it that way too which is just we're saying yes to something so what are we saying yes to and being purposeful in our Mm -hmm. yeses and in our nos and you know I think um 
it's it goes back to what you were saying of that gnarly tree right like you're yeah you're you're uh, you know sitting by or this gnarly tree thinking like what I'm working is not doing and not I mean what mm-hmm. I'm doing is not working mm-hmm. and I'm miserable why am I still here and so it does mm-hmm. sometimes you like you said you had to get to a breaking point sometimes people have to just get to a place where they finally realize what I'm doing isn't working and all of these mm-hmm. things that I'm filling my life with is not giving me the joy that I need. Yeah. And so that, that is, that that's the, how they, they help with the fight for joy is they yeah. are ta- helping us to take our thoughts captive. They are giving our body the, you know, the strength that we need. We're, we're filling ourselves up with the things that are truly going to satisfy. Yeah. And I really believe that God made our bodies to move and work and to work hard. Um, and because of the time we live in, a lot of jobs are sitting. Mm-hmm. And even even as a homemaker, I mean, we've got washing machines, dishwashers, all these things that do a lot of the physical labor for us. But I think our bodies are made to move and work mm-hmm. and it helps us come alive. That's a big, big part of that for me. So sometimes for people, just merely moving makes such a difference in the way they feel and their mental clarity and, and joy. So that's that. It, but definitely what your husband said, and I remember him saying that, um, it's mm-hmm. when I, when I find myself not hungry for the steak dinner, I got to take a step back because I should never be unmoved mm-hmm. by the gospel and what Christ has done for me. Yeah. And if I find myself there, then I'm just way off and the world needs to quiet down. So mm-hmm. it's sometimes we have just lost joy because the world and all of its lies are so loud in our yeah. mind and in our heart that we yeah. just, you don't even hear the truth. Yeah, so loud. Yeah, that's good. Well, I know you've learned and you continue to learn a lot through all of these struggles that you mentioned and through this fight for joy. I mean, difficulties just do that. <laughs> and you've yeah. just you've become a sort of teacher to me this past year. I just mm-hmm. feel like I'm absorbing and taking in all of the insightful stuff that you share, but I know it's hard fought wisdom. And um but I I you've already mentioned just what you've learned about some of these um you know, about how to take care of your body, about the benefits of counseling, um, mm-hmm. about the deep love of, of Christ. Um, is there something else that you've maybe learned even about yourself um, or about God through the struggles of these past few years that you could share as encouragement to the listeners? Yeah, one of the last things I was thinking about that's made a huge difference is finding a few people that you really trust. Mm, that's good. Um and you allow them to speak in your life and you trust that. So when they tell you you're off or um, want to help you and speak words of truth into you, you take it and mm-hmm. you trust it. Um, and I say that because the world is so loud, um, even like on social media, like go through who you're following. Who are you following? Mm-hmm. Who's speaking into your life? Yeah. Um, be very careful. We have to be very careful because we are human. <laughs> we're just, we're just human. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think I don't want to so desperately need God, but I do. And I need people speaking into my life that um, are going to be speaking truth. That's why I love you so much. Jody. You've been such a teacher in my life. Um, and so that is a big thing for me is to have those voices, mm-hmm. whether through podcasts or people you're following or dear friends. And you listen, you listen to them. Now, most importantly, it's God and his word. Most mm-hmm. importantly, mm-hmm. that's where you always want to go. But don't have too many voices. 
Right. That's, you know? that's a good word. I mean, we do, we yeah. need each other and we need to be purposeful about who the loud voices are. That's, that's yeah. really good because if we are not being thoughtful about that and being purposeful about that, there will be some loud voices that will just yeah. take over. Yeah. Just even our social media, but our time, our mm-hmm. energy, our thought processes. So um, being purposeful mm-hmm. about that and having, you know, godly people who can speak into us is such a gift. Mm-hmm. That's wise counsel. Thank you. Well, lastly, kind of as we wrap up here, I'm just wondering um, what kind of encouragement you might have for someone who's listening, who's in the midst of their own fight for joy. Maybe they're at the breaking point that you were at. Maybe they um, are teetering kind of on the verge of despair and they are just wondering if any of these things might be a tool that they could start implementing in their life or they're just wondering if there's even hope in the midst of this broken world and all of the discouraging things that we're faced with and they're in the midst of their own storm, what kind of encouragement would you have for them? Yeah, I just want to tell you, you are not too far gone hmm. from from the heart of God and from his arms and from his love and his safety. And I know what it feels like to feel so lost and dark that you, you can't even think clearly. Um, I just want to encourage you to ask for help to find a trusted source and ask for help one step towards God. I'm not saying you have to just pick up and sprint one mm. step, yeah. one step towards God and his clarity. Um, I love what you said, Jody. Um, and this has helped me so much because in this life, we are not going to get away from pain. Mm-hmm. We're just not, we can't like we can try, but we're not. And we get to either choose to walk towards God in it or away from God, Mm -hmm. we will both, you're going to experience pain either way. Like you're not going to get out of grieving or suffering or pain or storms, but walking towards God is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. And that's just the truth of it. It is. It is. We cannot, um, we cannot protect ourselves fully or our children or our loved ones from the difficulties in this world. But um, but we do have to make a decision in the midst of it. And it is, you know, are we going to walk, like you said, even maybe one little baby step today towards God and towards his love for us, or are we going to run from him? And Mm -hmm. like I told you, I mean, when I, I think what helped me was just thinking back on other people in my life who I had observed walk through hard things and the people who, you know, even if it was in raw, um, you know, really (laughs) desperate prayers or, um, or even just little tiny baby steps of just turning towards God and, and running towards him, um, there, you know, that turned out, uh, the, the problems didn't go away, but their hearts were not hardened towards the Lord. And there's beautiful fruit that I have seen develop in their life. And they are the people I want to be with. They are the, the, the people that I really would consider truly beautiful. And, other people that I had observed over the years just kind of throw the towel in and kind of say, God, this is the last straw. I'm done with you. And you have disappointed me. Um, you know, whether they were realistic expectations they had of God or not, it didn't really matter. I mean, the fact that they, they gave up and ran from God, um, it just, it was, um, devastation and destruction and just a hardness and a bitterness that, um, I just, in the midst of the the hardest moment of my life, I thought, I just, I don't want to add to what we're already going through by right. now having no hope and no <laughs> source of strength. And so, um, and so, yeah, that it's just kind of one of those things where as you think about, well, what are my options here? 
um, running towards towards the Lord is the one thing that we will never regret. He is enough. He is sufficient, and He is better than everything else the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, thank Amen. you for being here, Jen, and thank you for sharing your heart. And I'm so grateful for all that you do online to encourage others. And everyone needs to go follow you. So why don't you tell um, people where they can find you? Yeah, we are just on Instagram. Um, at heart of the bison that's where we're at and we share personally but we also love to share other people's stories um, and what it looks like for them to meet god in the midst of their storms um but that's where great and then find us for the podcast you're on um it's it's just heart of the bison we're on the podcast app Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some other places you can listen to um, which I'm not sure what they are, yeah. <laughs> but, but if you go to our website, heartofthebison.com, it has a list of other places you can listen to it, but everything is just heart of the bison. So yeah, if that's you easy. Yeah. Good. Well, go, go follow yeah. her, go subscribe to the podcast. Um, you will definitely be blessed. Well, I love chatting with you today, Jen. I'm so grateful you for your thoughtful and wise voice in this world. I learn a lot from you. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.